You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Athleter Podcast number nine. Thank you so much, Jimmy Branham, for joining us today. Man, look here. I have I have a ton of questions. I am I am becoming like so. I, I just to give you a little background on me, I'm like a technique wrestling technique nerd that is now starting to kind of spoke out into like other facets of the sport a lot deeper. And nutrition has been something that I've really tried to focus on with not just my athletes but with myself over the last. Mm, let's call it year or so. Um, if you could, before we even get started, can you give the people listening a little bit of your background in nutrition? Hundred percent. Yeah. So you know, I come from uh, an athlete as well. So I was a baseball player. Um, you know, obviously in college I played baseball and uh, I learned a lot in school. Don't get me wrong, um, in college and everything like that. But most of the most of the knowledge I've learned from was mentors um from uh people I actually work with so after college after i got injured um you know definitely hit a, like kind of like a depression state of my my life i would say um because obviously you know baseball was was not relevant no more so definitely had to take a step back and and kind of realize what's going on <clears throat> but it made me it made me d- dive a lot deeper into nutrition to wonder why it happened so um you know, actually, after college, after baseball, I went into uh, um, a, a restaurant lifestyle with uh, my parents and uh, learned the technique of, of being a chef. So at the same time, I was still going to school, still interested in nutrition, still interested in kinesiology. So that still was my passion. But I had to kind of dig deep in and create a career on my life as well. So through the process, um, I had a restaurant up in Poway, which is kind of funny because you have uh, Poway Wrestling, right? <laughs> So up in Poway, I had a restaurant for about five years. Um, but through that time, you know, that's where a lot of the guys from, uh, say, the Chargers, the Padres, all those guys, that's where all they lived, you know. So I got to work with a lot of those guys. So while I was going to school, I was uh, digging deep into nutrition and wondering why, you know, what was the catalyst of uh, me getting injured? So that's what literally made me deep, dove deep into into nutrition, into athletic nutrition specifically, not just nutrition, but more so um, recovery and and um, optimal performance. So, uh, long story short, I got, I got to work with LT. I got to work with Drew Brees, some of these Chargers, some of these guys that are, are big names. And and you know, for me, I was still a student. I was still learning, but at the same time. These were guys that putting their trust into me to work with them, um, you know. So again, it it, it it ranges from people that I worked with, from people that uh, obviously I, I had teachers, mentors in that state. But most of the time, I had to dig deep myself. There was there was answers that I couldn't get from from um, people that I've met. So that's where I kind of dove deep into. Um, bodybuilding dove deep into obviously sports nutrition dove deep into um 
you know, all the way down to pre-diabetic, high blood pressure, looking from all aspects on, on different variabilities that people would have, because not everybody's an athlete, right? So there's definitely different approaches we would have to take in order to optimize each individual. So again, I, I kind of dove deep into all different aspects. It wasn't literally one spot that I kind of learned all of this information. It was a cumulative of now it's been like 15 years. You know, I've I've definitely dabbled into definitely holistic doctors to dietitians to nutritionists. Everybody has a different perspective because they've all worked with different type of clientele. So I like to be a student of the game and and learn and and continue to learn from each aspect. And the, I would say the, the game of nutrition has changed so much throughout the years that what we thought worked before does not work today. And, you know, there's there's different approaches we have to take. But the basis of, you know, sports nutrition is cutting down in, on inflammation, fast recovery. You know, if you if you look at that as your catalyst, then, you know, as an athlete, especially as a college athlete, you know, we're we're playing every day where uh, the demand on the body is is very high. So not just obviously with school, but with uh, with obviously physical aspect as well. So when I was going, like I said, when I was going to college, I was seven o'clock in the morning going to school, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, coming home, three page essay due the next morning. And I was supposed to recover in time. You know, it just, it's a recipe for disaster. And now that I look back on it, now I know why. Now I understand why, you know. And um, again, it's more than just food. It's it's sleep. It's supplementation. It's um, timing. It's knowing what our body needs. It's, there's things that, you know, you think that wouldn't cause inflammation that does cause inflammation on certain individuals, especially after my injury, right? So after my injury, I was taking Motrin, I was taking Vicodin, I was taking all these pain medications, you know, prescribed from the doctor, but not knowing what was going on with my microbiome. And again, this is where we could dive deeper in nutrition. It's like, what's going on with, with your gut health, right? Because again, that's, that's different aspects. So somebody can have really great gut health and absorb nutrients. And this other person could be, you know, just turned 21, 22, drinking alcohol. And, you know, they're in college popping medications, trying to recover faster. And that's not the recipe. So it's one of those things we have to take care of uh, the gut health first, recovery properly um, through, through, through proper sleep, through proper nutrition, knowing what our body needs. But again, it's, it's, it's it's a very it's a big variability, right? There's it's, it, there's so many facets in it. Hundred percent. It's not like the one piece fits all. Right. All right. So then let's let's kind of dig in a little bit. Then, <clears throat> what do you think is the number? Like, so you, you mentioned that like the nutritional world is is kind of changing, mm-hmm. and things that we used to think were very good we now know are bad or vice versa. What do you think, if you had to put your finger on one thing in the last 10 years that maybe 10 years ago in 2013, people were like, yeah, you should absolutely be eating this. Now we're like, "Mm, we shouldn't have been telling people that. What's like the number one thing? Fats are bad. (laughs) You know, that's a big one. You know, that's the number one thing that kind of cuts down on inflammation. You know, and uh, gluten, gluten tolerance, um, ketogenic type of diets. It's just like a fad. There's a lot of fads 
that come out to like really speed up the fat loss experience. And again, it doesn't, it doesn't really uh, revert to an athlete's nutrition as far as wear and tear in the body. So, I mean, I would say like, you know, just don't specify any one thing as bad, you know, as far as like fats go or carbs go and things of that nature. And now it's, it's vegan and vegetarian, you know, and then we're all, we're now seeing the outcome of that because this is something that's very kind of new, especially for athletes too. There's nothing wrong with it. It's one of those things in the athletes, they're looking to better their health, but at the same time, they're not knowing what they're cutting out of their nutrition. Mm-hmm. So again, that's where supplementation comes in, but not knowing what you're cutting out, it it takes a havoc on the body, you know? And again, we don't know the outcome of it until like one or two years later, right? You know, if we're cutting out fats, if we're cutting out proteins, if we're cutting out certain ingredients that our body needs, it's not, it's not a, it's not a long-term result. You know, my approach honestly is, is going towards a more balanced regimen. And then cutting out the things that the individual obviously has a reaction to. And that could be just right now today. In two years, their gut health might be completely better. So, again, it has, it has to do with like gut health properties, gut leak, um, inflammation in the gut, how their body's reacting to nutrition and everything like that. So, you know, again, like these, these, these fad diets, these harsh diets in the body, it, it causes more havoc on the health, causes thyroid issues causes you know just overall metabolism it, it kind of shuts down how do you go about uh understanding a baseline of what's going to work for somebody or not work for somebody right so you know obviously there's there's different approaches when it comes to that but i think the number one approach is knowing the body composition you know obviously knowing how much muscle mass compared to fat mass and then knowing you know what you know, the, the demand of the body is. So making sure it's in sync with their workout regimen. So um, one thing I like to really approach is carb cycling. So carb cycling is where we'll have your off day, we'll have your low to moderate day, and we'll have your high intensity day. And I really speak to a lot more athletes in this perspective as well, because, you know, obviously athletes are going to have more demanding days compared to off days. Not your regular Joe is going to have a workout day and non-workout day. So obviously I'm looking at an athlete's perspective, those three days really coming in hand to really dial in on optimizing each individual day. So you can't compare your off day to a leg day. You can't compare your off day to a arm and chest day, right? Or a two to a day, right? We're over here, you know, wrestling twice a day and how many calories we're burning. It has to match up with either a deficit, a maintenance or a surplus that we're trying to put this individual in to make sure they're gaining weight, losing weight properly. Right. We don't want to lose muscle. We want to gain muscle or maintain muscle while they're, you know, trying to draw fat. So it's knowing those specific numbers for that individual is step one. You could get a DEXA scan. You could get a hydrocyte dunk test, an N-body test. There's a bunch of different ways to kind of do it. Um, and again, we can't really pinpoint exactly how many calories each individual is burning through each session because some days are going to be a good workout. Some days are going to be a bad or a worse workout. But we could definitely kind of narrow it down as long as the recovery is is consistent. So if the recovery is consistent, they could go in and pull 100% in the next day. But if the recovery is not consistent as far as the sleep, the the amount of growth hormone they're releasing, the REM sleep they're getting, how they're metabolizing the food, 
the next day they, they're going to be still sore. They're still not going to be recovered from the next day. So that workout is not going to be consistent. So we could kind of narrow that down and optimum the, that performance. Then we could get have a better idea how much calories they should be intaking and then specifically profile protein, carbs, and fats. Because again, that's going to be variabilities on how their body's reacting to either proteins, carbs, or fats. So again, there's carb tolerance, right? Some people work better off of carbs rather than fats and vice versa. Some people work better off of fats than, than you know, higher carb and, uh, type of regimen. <clears throat> but again, just knowing that the three you know, components and what they do for their body is, is step one. So obviously protein is the only thing that builds muscle. It's not carbs, it's not fats. You know, those are your energy sources. <clears throat> so we tailor that to be in sync with their workout regimen now we're having a little bit more of a better outcome and and better body composition going to, towards this um, specific goal. And specifically looking at like athletes, you know, in the perspective of like wrestling or UFC or some of these guys that are, you know, high demand on the body. You know, you're 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 burning a, sh- a lot of calories doing these workouts and sometimes two a days, right? <clears throat> so taking an account of how many calories they're burning, it's not bodybuilding, it's not weightlifting, it's nothing like that type of sort but it's still wear and tear on the body and they're still burning calories. So knowing, you know, when to bring those carbs in and when to bring them down is, is key, I think, in clutch when, when looking at a, an athlete's perspective. And then again, we want them to perform the same way game day than they're, they're doing in practice, right? They don't want to, you know, go how on practice. They're doing great. And they come down to game day and they're they're fatigued they're you know they're dehydrated they're they're not consistent you know and i've seen that's the main that's the main thing in a lot of wrestlers and ufc and mma is you know that weight cut you know they do it last minute and they my thing is you got to stay ready you got to stay ready you don't want to wait till last minute and then all of a sudden i have to drop 10 20 pounds and expect to kind of perform the same way it's just not going to happen you know, you're doing, you know, too much to the body. Um, you mentioned gut health. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I think we've all kind of become accustomed to understanding the dynamic interaction between protein, fats, and carbs in our body. But it seems like gut health has become, has kind of been pushed to the forefront of the nutritional conversation recently and probably within the last 10 years, I guess. And, but how do you like, I wouldn't know how to go about finding what I'm allergic to or I have reaction, adverse reactions to how would you tell someone to go and find out like, Hey, you, you need to find out what these foods and what these things are doing to your body. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, you know, like, again, what's reacting today might not react in another year. So, you know, you have to be consistent with this as well, but there's tests. There's a lot of tests. We, we have a catalyst wellness that we work with over here and they do blood work. Right. And we could get, you know, sensitivity tests done. We could get allergy tests done, which is completely different. So a sensitivity test is where, how our body reacts to either, you know, it could be chicken, could be broccoli, you know, it could be things like that. But one thing about it is if we had gut leak, we had, you know, one of those, you know, kind of like inflammation at the time with our gut and kind of issues with our gut and we're eating chicken on a consistently basis, we're going to start having a, uh, a reaction to chicken. It's kind of like, you know, inflammation starts in the gut and leaks out into the body. 
So whatever we're eating at the time, our body starts to react to those type of foods. So tests, there's tests out there nowadays that we could get done, you know, but again, listen to your body. You could definitely hear your body, you know, how it reacts and how lethargic it may be or how it, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever ate like a big meal and, and, and really kind of had like a food coma type of reaction through a higher carb, you know, type of, you know, regimen where you're not used to that. Um, you know, and it's something you kind of want to pay attention to, right? We don't want to go from extremes down to, you know, more consistent type of carb regimen to high extremes at, at times when our body doesn't react that way. Um, but there's, there's, there's things that automatically I would tell athletes to eliminate out of their regimen that I know they're going to have a reaction to. So four categories um, that I would consider, and it's gluten, number one. So gluten, even though you're not celiac, you're going to have a reaction from it. It's going to, it's going to cause inflammation. So for an athlete, they're already causing so much inflammation from working out that throwing in gluten in their regimen is just going to cause more inflammation. I'd much rather be pro proactive about it and do anti-inflammatory type of um, type of properties when it comes down to carbs and throw in more uh, sweet potatoes, yams, carrots, some of those type of things are going to have beta carotene in it. That's going to reduce the inflammation. So those things automatically, you don't have to get blood work done to do that, right? You can always make that transition and know that you're being proactive about it and cutting that inflammation down faster, which is if you're cutting that inflammation down faster, you're going to get into the gym faster next day. And you're going to continue to go and get better every day, every day. Number two thing I would uh, consider kind of cutting out is going to be dairy. Reduce dairy as much as possible as well. Um, it, it, it suppresses your immune system, cause inflammation. Same thing. So if you ever notice more mucus buildup whenever we're drinking like, you know, whole milk or anything like that, it's definitely, it's a sign, right? So it's something we kind of want to consider cutting out as well, soy and uh, corn, like GMO products, obviously things that our body is foreign to. Um, more whole foods, you know, if you keep it simple, you know, and, and stick to whole foods and not, you know, start to convert to a lot of the convenience that we have nowadays, which is great, you know, but it's convenience and they're sacrificed when it comes to convenience, right? Where they're taking out ingredients, they're trying to introduce ingredients that our body is not meant to process properly. So for every athlete I work with, it's it's more so cutting out those ingredients and starting introducing more whole whole foods and whole foods into their regimen. Um, and again, it's you know, it's it's tough when somebody has never like suffered an injury. They're not going to take it as serious until they get injured. But, you know, until you see the other side of things of how you could really optimize your performance before you even get injured, injury is on the back end. But if you do these things, you know, ahead of time, you know, from a, from a high school perspective and start that type of diet regimen, imagine what this guy is going to be in, in college you know, and, 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 and future, you know, career life is just their, their health is going to be intact. Um, but the gut, the gut health is, you know, you can be proactive on supplements as well. You know, say for instance, we are eating these type of things and we do still want to digest, you know, certain products, you know, there's, there's ways around it. You know, there's digestive enzymes. It's going to help your body break down, you know, um, you know, products like steak, if we're not bodies not used to break it down, you know, the enzymes of steak. So there's things like that. There's uh, my number one supplement that I really recommend for gut health and absorption is going to be L-glutamine. L-glutamine is priority on my list. 
And the way we take it is, you know, every three or every uh, eight hours. So morning, midday and nighttime. So every eight hours, you would want to take that. And when it does, it, think of glutamine like a, <clears throat> a barrier around your gut and it starts the repairing process. So again, it's, it's being proactive about that concept and it helps absorb more um, nutrients and specifically protein, right? So protein is one of those things your body can only absorb so much in one setting. So if somebody's, you know, the regimen is saying, I have to take 200 grams of protein and they're eating twice a day, consuming 100 grams, 100 grams, chances are they're not absorbing 100 grams, 100 grams. They're probably absorbing half of that, you know, per setting. So again, our body can't really store that. It's not like carbs. We're going to store it as glycogen. It's not fats. But, you know, protein is one of those things we have to kind of delegate it throughout the day and, and eat the proper amount that our body is able to absorb. You know, we can't really force feed ourselves and expect our body to absorb it. The nutrients are only good. The diet plan is only good if, if you absorb it correctly. You know, so all these kind of play a role in that in that diet regimen. So, again, for athletes, it's even more difficult because they have to intake more calories. Right. So we have to know when our body's more susceptible to really absorb those calories. So obviously in the morning time is a great point because we're fasted for almost eight hours. Another time is going to be post-workout. Post-workout, in my opinion, is your most important meal, right? Your body is ready to absorb. And again, it's the type of nutrients too. So going back to carb cycling, you know, there's definitely a higher carb intake on, on the days we're training compared to the days we're not training. But again, we want to impact our body to make sure that we're absorbing as much as possible in one setting and when necessary. So post-workout, our body is depleted. Our body is going ahead and using up all the glycogen, which is, you know, stored carbs. So once it's done doing that, it's time to replenish, right? So it's 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 the type of carbs, right? There's not, there's, there's different types of carbs. There's different glycemic index. So you have your veggies, you have your complex carbs, you have your sugars. And a lot of people are like, you know, I can eat, I can eat apples all day and I'll be fine. It's not the case. We have to kind of balance out that insulin hormone you know, and think about like a diabetic. So if you think about a diabetic, you know, and, and how they kind of manage their insulin hormone, you, you take in consideration an athlete's perspective and how their body's, man, their, their, their insulin hormones dropping through these workouts. You really want to take advantage of that because there's a time and place for sugars. There's a time and place for complex carbs. There's a time and place for long-term type of energy compared to short-term, I need this as soon as possible. So throughout the day, you know, on your off days where we're not training, we want our body to go ahead and use our fat reserves. I can't just give you a bunch of carbs and expect your body to use your fat reserves. Your body is meant to use those carbs. That's the number one thing your body is going to utilize. So if I eat some oatmeal in the morning, my body's going to use that for energy. It's going to shut down the magnum, telling my body's going to use the fat reserves and it's going to use the oatmeal. Right now we might use the oatmeal and then touch into the fat reserves. But again, it's, it's your off day. So the, the insulin hormone is going to be kind of stabilized. It's not like a workout day where we're going to drop down dramatically. So our off day, it's being more of recovery mode and getting those micronutrients that we're going to get from veggies and those, you know, those high quality veggies and, and staying in that low insulin hormone. And the reason I say this, think of like a baseline. Below that baseline, we're in a release mode, right? That's why ketogenic is so like a fab and all these type of diets are like fab where it's a low carb diet. Granted, we're going to be in a more of a release mode, but too low 
ketogenic type of diet, you know, if we're going two months without no carbs, we're falling to a catabolic effect where our muscle or our body is going to start using our muscle for energy because especially we're breaking it up. So what we want to avoid is that specifically. So the days we're training, we have sustainable energy throughout the day through complex carbs, sweet potatoes, oatmeal, all these great complex carbs, but they're going to have a nice little steady in insulin, two to three hours, drop down, right? So that's good for workouts. It's good for everyday use. But post-workout, our insulin hormones down here, now we need to get some sugars in, right? So my concept for post-workout is like a needle and a thread concept. You need a fast-acting protein. So a protein shake is definitely recommended rather than food because food, you're going to take two to three hours to get where it needs to go. Uh, protein shake, it's broken down to a simplest form and there's different types of protein. So if you, you know, if you want to get down to, you know, the, the nitty gritty of it, uh, I would say uh, an isolated protein is your best form for post-workout. But if you, you could use a whey protein, you use a concentrate protein, but protein shake post-workout and then line that up with a, a thread, which is going to be your fast acting carb. And I usually go with Gatorade. Gatorade has electrolytes, potassium, everything the athlete needs, plus the sugar. You know, so the sugar is the type of sugar it is. It's not just any type of sugar. It's broken down to dextrose, which is going to bypass your liver, bypass your kidney, and go straight into the muscle mass. It's made for an athlete. So it's, it's honestly, it's the same thing if you ever had like sweet tarts. It's the same. It's the same sugar. So the type of sugar it is, is going to bypass those things compared to fruit or Powerade or some of these other, you know, they're sugars, but they're fructose. You're going to store more in your liver. So, and as an athlete, I want all those sugars to be stored into the, into the, into the muscles that we're actually, you know, utilizing and maximizing on that growth, maximizing that recovery. So post-workout, the needle thread concept, no fats, no fats post-workout. Fats are going to slow down the, you know, the absorption, which is great during the day, but post-workout, I want as soon as possible, you know? Um, but again, going back to like your high day, you know, like I'm working out legs, or I'm working out back, or I'm doing a two a day type of workout, you know, instead of taking say 30 grams of, of a Gatorade, I'm taking up to 60 to 70 grams of a Gatorade. And, and my body's, my body's absorbing it, no problem. Or I'll tell them to go out for a cheat meal. You know, and it's going to be a high carb, low fat cheat meal. It's kind of specific. It's not like a free for all. You know, it's not a cheat meal is not a protein, you know, a hamburger or a steak. You know, that's it's not it's not my concept. It's more so a cheat meal is going to be high carb, low fat. It could be sushi. It could be frozen yogurt with fruit. It could be granola. You know, it could be um, just more carbs dense to where we're going to actually absorb glycogen rather than protein and fats. I like to keep those consistent. I like to keep those nice and stagnant, whether it be your off day or your, your high day. You know, you have a certain amount of muscle mass. You need to feed that muscle mass every single day. And then as we grow, say we grow five pounds of muscle, that protein intake is going to change. So that's where we need to stay on top of these guys to make sure that they're eating an adequate amount of protein throughout the, throughout the whole week to make sure that we're feeding our body what it needs. But the variability is going to be the carbs. So the carbs are always going to go up and down compared to what our lifestyle is. Right. Say, for instance, we're off week and we're not going to work out at all. Well, the carb intake is going to go down quite a bit compared to working out twice a day every day. It's a big, big jump. It's a big difference. You can't compare the two, you know, so we have to adapt. And, you know, a lot of people, I feel like they try to hit one calorie intake every day and it's it's not going to work. It's not going to work that way. 
we have a different lifestyle. We have different um, demands on the body each day. And if we adapt to each one of those days, we're going to get the best out of those performances and we're going to recover the best we can. You know, and again, the, the whole goal is working out is to gain muscle. The whole goal is to get stronger, get better. Right. Nobody goes into the gym trying to tear up the body and, and lessen their workouts. You know, we're always trying to get better. So for me, you know, looking at my injury, man, I, it was it was a recipe for disaster. I was getting obviously I was I was getting the food in, but I was getting the right the right types of food. You know, I wasn't looking at protein, carbs and fats. I was looking at just calories, which is a great, you know, step, you know, getting enough calories in. But you need to know exactly how much protein your body needs, carbs your body needs and fats your body needs to perform on all cylinders. Right. And it's quality too. So you can't just be in like, you know, you can't just be, I'm going to eat a carne salad burrito and some pizza and get those calories in. It's not going to work. Talking about gut health, you know, it's like your body needs to, you need to take care of that gut health and make sure that the, the inflammation is cut down as fast as possible. These foods are going to cause more gut health issues than, and than ever, you know, on top of medications, on top of, you know, anything else that comes involved, alcohol or anything like that. You know, so a lot of people, they, they don't realize that their, their, their health, it, it starts with that gut health. And then once we fix that gut health, then we can start introducing, you know, the proper diet regimen that, that's going to optimize the performance or see the best results, whether it be fat loss or gaining muscle, any, any aspect of that nature. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, again, it goes down to not just what you're doing during the day and not just the workouts. But after we consume all these calories, we're doing great. We're hitting the proper calorie intake. We're doing their workouts. Bam, we're, we're in sync now. Now it comes down to recovery at nighttime. That's where all the magic is happening, right? So a lot of you know young athletes, including myself, I was writing my essays three, four o'clock in the morning, trying to get up and going at seven o'clock. Yeah, I wasn't getting no REM sleep. You know, if we really diagnose REM sleep and what it does for our body. Our body's releasing growth hormone if we allow it. So that's specifically during REM sleep. So every person, athlete or not, I like to really focus on sleep more than their workouts, more than anything else. Because if they're not sleeping correctly, if they're not recovering correctly, I don't even want you to go to do another workout because you're tearing up muscle fibers that are already torn and you're, you're risking injuries, to be honest with you. So it's it's counterproductive in my opinion, and you're not going to perform the same either. So your workouts are going to be, you know, fifty percent of what they could have been, and you're not going to get better. I'd much rather you be hundred percent every single time you step in the gym or step in, you know, on the mat and 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 see the best performance every single time and recover the same way. So at nighttime, you know, if you really want to look at that and metabolize, you know, how you metabolize food, that's where it's that's where the magic's happening. So all the work we did during the day, we look at nighttime and, and look at the quality of sleep. So I don't look at length of sleep necessarily, but I look at quality of sleep. So within one hour, our body should be falling into the REM sleep. So that REM sleep is so specific is because our body's releasing growth hormone during that REM sleep, which most people, they may be getting 30 minutes to an hour. The optimum we, need, we should be getting is two hours of REM sleep a night. If we're getting two hours of REM sleep a night and the diet regimen is good, the workout regimen is good, water intake is good, you're full re you're you're fully recovered every single night. Okay, so 
how do they is there food that they can eat let's talk about athletes specifically first but is there a food is there a, a is there a supplement that they can take that can increase their REM sleep for recovery absolutely, absolutely. yeah so um couple things. So stop your diet within one or two hours before you go to bed. So you don't want to metabolize food as you're over here trying to fall on REM sleep. You want to get your body out of gas pedal mode. So cut your diet within one or two hours, cut out blue light, any anything that's going to be stimulating the body within one or two hours. So no phone, no TV, nothing of that crap. Um, definitely no emails and stuff like that, you know, for answering emails. But uh, supplemental wise, I like to intake a ZMA about 30 minutes before you go to bed. So what that stands for is zinc, magnesium, and B6 complex. So what it it's a natural, it's a natural supplement, you know, it's vitamins and minerals, but the proper dosage, it has a synergetic effect to help our body release melatonin naturally. So that's the key component is melatonin. Our body releases it naturally if we allow it. I don't want you taking melatonin. I don't want you taking sleep aids. I want the natural production to produce. So the ZMA is going to start releasing that melatonin. So within one hour after we fall asleep, we should be falling that REM sleep. The melatonin is going to kick in and we should stay in that REM sleep longer. So again, the goal is to get around two hours of REM sleep. If we're taking the ZMA before we go to bed, the chances are we're going to capitalize on that REM sleep every single night. So for an athlete, it's it's demanded. I, I don't I don't even, you know, saying, you, yes, you can, yes. Maybe you could skip it. No, you you have to take this every single night before you go to bed to optimize your performance. And again, this is where supplements play a big role, right? You're not going to get this necessarily from your diet. It's equivalent to eating like seven, eight cups of broccoli before you go to bed. Nobody's going to be doing that, but you're getting the same nutrition from that. So again, we want to kind of see what we're getting from our food and what we can't get from our food. We're going to supplement. That's how I look at supplements, right? If I could definitely get what we get, you know, from Whole Foods. All good and dandy, but the majority of, we, of athletes, specifically, we can't. Creatine can't. You know, we're gonna cook it off. We're not gonna get the amount that we need. Um, and the type of creatine, right? There's there's different types of creatines. Um, but yeah, at nighttime, ZMA is is clutch. That's my go-to. You know, every single night, and I I feel the difference on um, my performance the next day. How my body holds my weight. You know, water retention. Um, but if you really dive deep into it, what it does for our body, it resets the hormones. So our stress is pounding on our body every day. Mental stress, physically stressed, that stress hormone or cortisol levels, which we could actually get measured, you know, getting blood work done. We could measure our cortisol levels. It's directly related to our estrogen hormone. So if this is climbing, that's climbing up with it, causing that imbalance in hormones. So we want to optimize our hormones. We want to optimize our free testosterone. We want to maximize every single day and stabilize our estrogen hormone. We need that estrogen hormone to grow, so men and women. So we want to stabilize it. We don't want it climbing up, causing that imbalance, you know, every single day. And you'll notice, you know, during your workouts, you're going to feel fatigued, water retention, you know, the symptoms are there, right, compared to optimized hormones. So looking at hormones, you know, on on an athlete uh, on an athletics perspective, absolutely, REM sleep has a huge role in this. Because if you're not getting that REM sleep, you're not you're not pressing that reset switch. So that stress is just climbing, and that's a recipe for disaster as well. 
So again, you know, your body's more susceptible to injuries, you know, fatigue. Um, and again, going back to, you know, game day, you're not going to perform the same way. There's no way, you know, so you have to practice this during practice. You have to practice it during day in and day out and not try to get ready during game day. And like, oh, I'm going to get my ultimate sleep. Now that has to be, it has to be in your regiment from day one, you know, not just the nutrition aspect of things, but the recovery side of things. Am I doing everything I can do to recover properly and optimize my hormones to make sure that I'm the best version of myself? And it's free testosterone, right? We all have a testosterone level or, or total testosterone, but a lot of us are not getting vitamin D. We're not getting, you know, the proper amount of magnesium, a proper amount of, you know, some of these micronutrients that we get from our foods to maximize on that level every single day. So if we're at 800, but we're only utilizing, say, 200, you know, we could do a lot better, you know? So that's just like, that's, I, f I feel like that's diving a lot deeper into, like I said, nutrition and what it can do for you. But if you can't get the basics done, you know, like it's going to be overwhelming, but you're going to feel the symptoms. So if we could get these other things out of the way, you know, eating the proper calories every single day, taking the right supplements at the right time, at the right dosage, which is, again, that's variabilities to each individual, you know, not just taking creatine, not just taking, you know, your multivitamin, but taking it properly at your dosage, you're going to maximize your ability. And that's my, that's my goal, honestly, for every athlete is I look at my perspective and, you know, what I could have done different, you know, and if I could offer this to, to younger generation, man, you know, we're, we're going to actually give them a chance to actually perform, you know, I was stripped from that, you know, and I had to deal with it. I had to, I had to swallow that pill. And and kind of, you know, either fall in depression or figure out what happened and, and make sure this doesn't happen to each to another another person. My sons, I have two kids. It's not it's not going to happen to my kids. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like I'm starting them way young, you know, as far as nutrition goes. And I remember, you know, going to school, college and my go to was a, a rock star and a, a hot pocket. You know, yeah, it's. Talk about, you know, abs absorbing information at school, let alone performance, <laughs> you know, but I was, I had to go out the door, you know, I, it took an hour to get to college, you know, I had to go on the road and be in traffic for about an hour. That was my go-to, you know, and I was wondering why, you know, about midday, why I was crashing, you know, I was falling asleep during my classes, you know, and teachers were like, are you okay? You know, I was like, what's going on? I'm like, you know, I'm doing the best I can, you know, like with what I have. But now I know, you know, I'm like, man, I could have done a lot better. You know, not just not just in like, you know, performance and, and athletes perspective, but, you know, like school is school is important, you know, to, to, to me. And as a student athlete, school comes first, athletics comes second. So if I can't get my schoolwork done, I'm not going to even play, you know, what I mean, in the first place. So my my goal was and like high school wasn't a wasn't was an issue, but once you go to college, it's a different ball game. It's the different demands in the body. There's no comparison. So if you could you could kind of compare, you could get them ready in high school for what they're gonna get ready for in college. Game changer, game changer. You can't get ready when you're already there. It's already too late because again, you're gonna be throwing things where it's gonna beat up your body, beat up your mind, your physical health to the max. And I was a catcher, you know, I was a catcher in, 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 in college. 
and the demand on my body, you know, not just when sports, I, I needed to recover, you know, and I, 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 there's no way I didn't have the time. I didn't have the, the knowledge now that I do supplemental wise, you know, like I wasn't taking supplements back in the day. Like, you know, I was like, you know, I was skeptical. I was like, what is this? Like, I didn't want to take anything foreign to the body necessarily, you know, as I drink Rockstar, as I eat a hot pocket, you know, it's just the knowledge. I didn't know I was, you know, it was, it was still new to me. And again, that's, I could definitely tell with high school, college, it's still, it's still that until you get injured and still you die until that individual dies deep into nutrition, it's still, they don't know. They don't know exactly, you know, until they really want to dive deeper. Or like I said, I've, I've definitely touched bases, you know, with Cal Poly. I've touched bases with numerous of sport teams that, you know, I can name off and, you know, it does make a difference when they start taking it serious. But again, I have to work well with them as an individual. I can't just talk to a whole team and expect, you know, the outcome to come out the same. It's not going to happen. When I worked with Cal Poly, you know, I could definitely talk to a team, but you have your heavyweights, you have your lightweights, you know, they have different demands, they have different needs. I specifically talk to each individual to see what their needs are and what you want to see in the next three months. I don't want to see, you know, the next year, next two years. Let's talk about now and then make those adjustments next time in the next three months and then really stay on top of that, you know, for each individual. So as, you know, so Cal Poly is going to come off of, you know, regular season, time to bulk, time to optimize the performance and get even better. So next year it's, hey, there's no, there's nobody going to, there's no, there's nobody going to touch them. You know, if they continue this route, you know, and taking, you know, the nutrition side of things and recovery side of things like that serious, nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing it. Even, you know, at the professional level, you know, they have nutritionists, they have dietitians, but nobody's utilizing them. You know, the one thing about, you know, um, my company, I have to have a, I have a company called the meal prep company and, you know, I have a chef background. So I actually do this for the people, right? I don't just give them a, a plan to follow and expect them to, you know, consume seven meals and expect them to prep their meals properly because that's new to them too, right? It's, it's a complete new ball game. So for us, it's like, if I could carry on like half of the program for you and prep your meals for you and teach you how to do it, now you, you're able to do it. And it's not just athletes, you're your regular Joe that, you know, have numerous of, of bad habits that we could, you know, definitely fix, but you, it's, it's a learning process behind this. You know, and, it, and there's not a lot of chefs that are nutritionists. There's not a lot of, it goes hand in hand though, you know, to take it really serious, you know, but if I could give them like a guideline on like what your meal should look like with every meal and keep it super simple, you know, we're not trying to complicate things. Um, but again, go back to whole foods, keep it simple. Don't, don't try to like, you know, I want to snack on this. I want this protein bar. I want this like, no, nah, let's just keep it to the basics and then make sure you have those foundations set. And then we could have an exchange list. Then we could actually, you know, exchange, you know, chicken for ground turkey. If you want to exchange this for that, but at least, you know, what you're exchanging, you're not exchanging, you know, chicken for some oatmeal. You know, it's like, no, like you need to know the difference uh, between protein, carbs and fats and what that looks like when we're looking at food, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of components to go into it. And then, you know, each individual, we could get dive deeper and deeper into the mix. But if the foundation is not set. It's not going to work.
one one quick question here as as we kind of finish up um what are the different levels of, of understanding or ways that I can understand myself or, or if I'm an athlete, um, you know, understand my body? I know that you, you talked about things like blood work. You talked about things like DEXA scans. Um, I know that you can even get into really granular and doing like DNA sequencing and building diets off that. Uh, where Where's kind of like the entry level? And then what is how does that ladder up into like, oh, this is like the professional level of understanding your body? Hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, I think the the go to is like an in body test. You know, a lot, not a lot of people could afford a DEXA scan. You know, it's it's not cheap. So you know, I, I like to kind of look at either a hydrostatic dunk test or a DEXA scan. Hydrostatic dunk test is the golden rail of, of of fat body fat testing. You know, but knowing what your foundation is, in you know specifically how much muscle mass compared to fat mass you have right now, and then water retention. So you know, that, if you're, I'm sorry to interrupt. Is that something that they can just Google like hydrostatic? dunk test like just in my area absolutely absolutely you're probably going to find that a lot easier than you're going to find a dexa scan mm -hmm. okay. you know and i've been this i've been doing this for like a good 15 years like finding a dexa scan you're going to have to find you know a doctor's office and somebody with quite a bit of money to afford that um mm -hmm. it's not going to be cheap either to to get it done you know on a consistent basis you know and again we don't just want to do it one time we want to do it on a consistent basis granted you know dexa scan you know you definitely get a little bit more details into the mix but, you know, as an entry level, like, I don't recommend it. I don't, right. you know, uh, I recommend, you know, looking at, there's a lot more like gyms and supplement stores that we're going to have an in-body test in store, you know, and I work and, with them. And they can, you know, you can knock that out in a, in a morning. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, 10, 15, 15 minutes. Every client that I work with, I have a dex, I have a, I have an in-body test myself. Mm -hmm. So I bought one and, and I utilize it for my clients. So everybody that comes into my office, that's automatically being done. And that's complimentary. I want you to know what our starting zone is. So that way we know the proper adjustments to do your diet or else I'm not, I'm not just going to feed you healthy meals. I'm not going to write a diet plan, you know, being blind and right. not knowing, you know, this might person might have, you know, 20% body fat, but this person is 10% body fat, same body composition, same height, same weight. Sure. But, you know, this person over here is burning a lot more calories than this person is. Sure. You know? And it's, yeah, and, and and it makes sense, right? Like, you, you kind of have to understand the prognosis before you start fixing it. That makes and sense. That's step one. I think that's step one. And that's the simplest one is getting that end body test. To, it's a reality check, you know? Like, if you were on a ketogenic diet, well, let's see the results. Let's see if you lost 20, 30 pounds, how much muscle did you really lose? Mm -hmm. How much fat did you really lose? You know, and all of these things, water loss, right? You know, all of these things play a big role. Um, but yeah, I mean, carbs and 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 sodium is like a sponge, you know. So if somebody's cutting carbs and they walk into my office, you know, a ketogenic diet, they're gonna show less muscle mass via the the end body test, right? Because you have your muscle mass, you have your your glycogen tank, and then you have your ATP production, and these are like a sponge. So if you're cutting down on carbs and you come to my office. You're gonna show less muscle mass, and it's gonna miscue the uh, the results, right? And that goes for a DEXA scan. That goes for a that goes for a hydrostatic uh, dunk test. And a, a dunk test is difficult. You know, it's not easy for everybody to do that. I don't know if you ever done it before, but you have to breathe out all your air and then get dunked under the water. And it's the buoyancy. Not a lot of people could do that. It's not easy. You know, it's not a 10-15 minute test where you could jump on a on a scale, jump off. 
it's it's a process behind that nowadays they have you know scales you could buy that gives you a good idea at least you have a good idea where you're at that you could connect it to your your app and you know you have you have an idea where you're at but you know don't think you have to go to get a dunk test or get a dexa scan to to start step one get an n-body test you know you'll find a good result from that and again you know you'll you'll find your basic metabolic rate and then you'll know deficit maintenance or surplus it's the information is right there in front of you. Like I'm not doing anything new to that, but you know, when I do it, I get a little, I get a lot more in depth. You know, I could definitely diagnose that a little bit better. All right, Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on. I learned a ton. I got a ton of notes here and I got work to do. That's for sure. So again, thank you very much for coming on and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon, brother. 100% pleasure. Thank I'm you. definitely honored to be on here, man. Thanks, Jimmy.